Mephanesha starts Moshe's song of Hazinu by quoting in Shemayim Oretz. Hazinu HaShemayim V'adabeira V'sishma Oretz Imrefi. Why does Moshe need to address the Shemayim Oretz? Rashi tells us that they were, Moshe is saying, I'm a mere mortal. I'm here today and tomorrow no longer. But Shemai Varetz, which are standing forever, I'm calling on them to give testimony if the Jewish people kept the Torah. This idea of bringing Shemai Varetz, so to speak, into what Moshe says, already we saw in Pashas Nitzavim. Moshe warns the Jewish people, I'm calling as witness today the heavens and the earth. And there Rashi says a different point. There Rashi explains that we are meant to learn a lesson from Shemai Varetz. That just like Shemai Varetz don't receive reward for what they do and aren't threatened with punishment for not doing, it's the same thing we the Jewish people should learn from that. And there's a question to be asked, Rabbi Sai. There's a question both on the Rashi here and on the Rashi there. The question on the Rashi by us is that we have a rule in the laws of evidence. We have a halacha in Hilchas Eidos. And that halacha is that somebody who has a vested interest in the case, someone who's in the Gev Davar, is not allowed to be a witness. We don't assume he's going to be impartial. And if that's the case, we have a very strong question. Because we know that Hashem makes the continuation of the world dependent on the Jewish people keeping the Torah. And if Chas Vashon, the Jewish people would not be keeping the Torah, then the world would go to Torah Vavayu. It would sink back into oblivion. And if that's the case, Shemai Varetz would cease to exist. So let's ask the question. If Shemai Varetz were called on to give testimony that the Jewish people kept the Torah, they're not impartial witnesses. It makes a tremendous difference to them. Because if Chas Vashon, the Jewish people have not kept the Torah, then they will no longer exist. So how can Shemai Varetz be used as evidence? That's one question. But the truth is, I have a question in the other Chazal also. Chazal said that if we look to Shemai Varetz as the example of entities which are doing Hashem's Ratzon without reward or punishment. If you look in the Gemara in two places, both in the Darim and in Sanhedrin and Dafkofiyot, we'll see that's not really the case. The Gemara is explaining a Pasuk in Chavakuk. And the Pasuk says in Chavakuk, Shemesh Yoreach Omad Zvula. The sun and the moon stood in Zvul. We know there are different levels of the heavens. So it says that there was a stage where the Shemesh and the Yoreach, the sun and the moon were standing in the heaven called Zvul. That's not their normal abode. That's not their normal habitat. Asks the Gemara, what were the sun and moon doing in Zvul? When's, when what time period is it referring to? And the Gemara answers. It's referring to the time when Korach stood up and publicly challenged Moshe's leadership. 
And when that happens, the Gemara tells us the sun and the moon, so to speak, left their normal stage in the heavens and went up to Zvut. And they told Hashem, if you're going to if you're going to, so to speak, execute justice, protect Moshe Rabbeinu, then we're going to go out and shine. And if you're not prepared to vindicate Moshe, then we're not going to go out. And how does Hashem respond to that? Hashem says to them, You didn't stand up for my honor. When the heathen pagan nations used to worship the sun and the moon and call it a deity, that didn't phase the sun and the moon. It wasn't the reason for them to go and make an ultimatum with Hashem. So for quite Shemaim, you didn't stand up. And you're going to stand up for the covenant of Moshe for a human being? And the Gemara says, From then on, the sign of don't go out until Hashem forces them. The Pasuk, Hashem, so to speak, sends arrows to shoot at them, to enforce them to go out. Rashi says that the sign of took the lesson and therefore because they're being worshipped and because that's causing a lack of Pachamayim, the sign of the won't go out. Until Hashem forces them to do that. Now, before we ask questions, let's try and understand this Gemara. A very strange, so to speak, uh, movement on the part of the sun and the moon. What made them feel that they had to issue an ultimatum? Because of the story of Karach. And why Taka? Didn't they do the same when they were being worshipped as Navarizar? So first let's explain the Svara, the sun and the moon. What was the real threat of Korach's, so to speak, stand against Moshe? Now Korach says to Moshe, everything you said in the name of Hashem, Really, you made up on your own. Really, you were doing it for yourself and wasn't ready for Shemeshah. And if that's the case, Karach is really undermining a whole immuna in the validity of the Torah. Because if there's a Havamina that Moshe, so to speak, invented the Torah on his own, then there's no compelling reason for him to keep it. So Karach's argument really is a threat to the veracity of the Torah. And as we saw previously, if Christ shall keep the Torah, then there's a cure for the world. If Christ shall do not keep the Torah, then the world is going to disintegrate. And therefore, the sun and the moon feel very threatened when the Torah is being undermined. Because had Karach been successful, then that could have led to the world returning to its prehistoric chaos, to Torah 
And therefore, the sun and the moon come to Hashem and say, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, there's no reason for us to continue doing our job unless we decisively show that Moshe is right. And by doing so, ensure that people understand the veracity of the Torah. But when it comes to the idolaters who used to worship them, the sun and the moon didn't feel in any way threatened by that. Because they knew a mission of Avodah And the mission says in Avodah that a certain philosopher on Gamliel. And he said, if Hashem doesn't like the fact that there's Avodah so then why doesn't he destroy it? And Gamliel answers him, people worship the sun and the moon. They worship the mountains, they worship the oceans. Hashem is going to destroy anything which is worshipped. He's going to destroy the world. And Hashem going to destroy His world because of the idiots, because of those who worship them. The world is going to continue to function. Those who abused it, who misused it, they're the ones who are going to give it in one day. And therefore, there's no havamina that Hashem is going to destroy the sun and the moon because they were being treated as deities, because they were being worshipped. So it's understood. If that's the case, there was no reason for them to come to Hashem and uh, issue ultimatums. So that's the case. What is Hashem's response to them? And it's true. Their survival isn't under threat. What about Kfot Shemai? The fact that the Ovid of are worshipping them, the fact that they're being used, so to speak, as a replacement of Hashem, that's a tremendous khul Hashem in the world. And Hashem's rhetorical question to the sun and the moon is why won't you, bold enough, so to speak, to refuse to do your job, to stand up for Hashem's honor? Even if it doesn't, even if it's not going to have a personal impact, so to speak, on your continuation, and the sun and the moon take the lesson, and therefore, since then, they don't go out on their own because they don't want to be used, so to speak, as a replacement for Hashem, as a, as an act of kvod shemaim. Until Hashem forces them. They do their job. They will rise and set and shine on the world. It's under compulsion. So that's the Gemara. But then let's go back to our question. It doesn't make sense. If that's the case, if that's the case, how is the sun and the moon being used as the example of entities? The Shemaim Va'aretz. Are being used example of entities which do their job faithfully without threats of reward and punishment. What we've just seen in the Gemara is they're being forced to do their job. And I think the answer is like this. There's a big side over here. We could ask another question. If Moshe is looking for examples of 
elements of the physical creation which do Hashem's ratzen and aren't going to get rewarded or punished, he doesn't have to look so far. Every blade of grass, every tree, every drop of water, everything in the world is doing what it's meant to be doing. It doesn't have Bechira. And therefore, it does the job which is a portion to it. Why is this a lesson to Klai Yisrael? People are different. People have Bechira, people have Yetzahara. So where is the proof you're bringing? And if it's just from the fact that the world in its natural order works like a clockwork, you don't have to go to the Hashemayim Baritz. You can go to any single element of the creation. But the answer is like this. And that is, there's the second point which Moshe is trying to bring out. Not just the fact that Hashemayim Baritz do the job that wanted them to do. It's Tafka after the Gemara that we've learned. That Shemayim Va'aretz only do their job when they're forced. Why? Because otherwise they would be Meichal Tzkvon Shemayim. Otherwise they would rather not do their job and not be treated as Nabi Rizar. Like Hashem told them, You weren't Meichal Tzkvon Shemayim, they learned that lesson. And therefore, the Rai is Dafka from this. Dafka from the sun and the moon. They aren't just doing what they were created to do. They're doing their job because they're forced to do it because they would otherwise be only a Kvot This is, so to speak, the Bechir level, if you're going to call it that, of the Malach of the sun and the moon. That they would choose not to do the job because they won't use the Vedasar. And they're doing their job, it's only because Shem's making them do it. That's something we can learn from them. Not just the fact that they execute the duty that were assigned, but the Cheshpun of Shemaim as well. It's not something they're being rewarded for or punished for. Because it's not something they were instructed to do. And that's the case we clients also learn from them. We clients also learn from them. That if they're not being rewarded for Kvot Shemayim, and Kavachem Ma'as, who we were created for Kvot Shemayim, Amzul Yatzartili, Tilasi Yisapera, we were created in order to give Kvot Shemayim. So that should be a focus on what we do. And that brings us to the second point. That the Shemayim Va'aretz are witness of the giving evidence that we kept the Torah. What's the evidence? We asked before, they look at the And the answer is, it's not evidence they have to come to a court, so to speak, to say. The evidence is in the fact that they're there. Because had Klai Shal not been keeping the Torah, there would no longer be a Shemai Varitz. So the very fact that Shemai Varitz is still around is a riot the Jewish people are keeping the Torah. To give a marshal to this. There's a case in the Gemara of Baharuk Baraglov, which means there's a discussion in court 
Reuven is accused of killing Shimon. And of course, deliberating what to do with Reuven. And then Shimon walks into the courtroom. Baharuk Baragrav, the alleged murdered, arrives on his own. And then, of course, we're going to acquit Reuven. And you might ask, one second, how can Shimon give us Eidus? How can Shimon testify to the fact that he wasn't murdered? He's talking about himself. He's a Karav. He's Nagabadava. And the answer is, he doesn't have to say a word. The fact that he comes, the fact that he's here, proves that he wasn't killed. We don't need to accept testimony for that. It's self-evident. And that's the same nature of, it, of the testimony of the Shemayim Varet. If they're here, then there's proof. If they still exist, then we see Kaya Shal keeping the Torah. And you see, when there was a question of Korach destroying the foundation of Torah, the sun and the moon were very quick. And they felt threatened to say that that's okay, so you're not going to do our job anymore. We're going to get destroyed. There's no world for us to shine on. It's true that the Shemesh Mireach are talking about the sun and the moon, talking about the Shemayim, the birth in the heavens. We don't have time to discuss this now, but the same idea applies in the Oretz also. It says, after the sin of Adam Rishon, he planted wheat seeds and out came thorns. He didn't deserve, so to speak, that the ground should produce what he wanted it to produce. There's also a Cheshman of Kavit Shemayim. That's why the ground didn't produce thorns. It says the Terem was Marad boy. So to speak, the Pharaoh rebelled against him. So yes, Shemayim Ba'aretz have a Cheshman of Kavit Shemayim. But the fact that they hear Prince Lashel is keeping the Torah. Let's put the two things together now. But Emes is all one thing. Klai Yisrael's Chos is a Kvad Shemayim that we're bringing. And therefore, what the sun and the moon are meant to be teaching us is that we're meant to be over in Kvad Shemayim. But the fact that the sun and the moon are here, the fact that Shemayim Varans are here, is really the guarantee that we are being Mekayim Kvad Shemayim. And one last beautiful idea. That's why this is the introduction to the Shira of Hazino. Hazino is a tale of the history told in advance of the Jewish people. It charts our greatest, the zenith of our greatest achievements, and it foretells the deepest despair, the greatest sorrows the clash are going to experience. Sometimes Hashem rides us on the highest points of the land and sometimes it gets to the stage even the animals are going to turn into our enemies and be sent to attack and destroy us. So yes, Jewish people have experienced both. But Moshe starts with Hazina Shemayim Vesishma'aretz. You should know. Wherever on the ladder Klai Yisrael are going to be, 
they will always be there. And the proof is the Shemayim Varetz. If there's still a Shemayim Varetz, then there's a Raya that Klai Shalas told me Mekayim the Torah. At best, it might be all of Klai Israel. At worst, it might be just a small, select few. But throughout Hazin, the Klai Israel will be there. Because throughout, the Shemayim Varetz are there too. That's the proof. That's an introduction to the story of Jewish history. We've experienced everything. From when we oil, we oil Adler Akia. When we rise above the heavens and when we sink us to the Tahan, to the greatest possible depth, the clash will always be there. Just like the Shemaim Varus will always be there. Because there will always be those few who still bring Kvot Shemaim. And are still justifying the continuation of the existence of the world.